Hello. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the the sixth official episode of the Better Self Project podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Pamela. The Better Self Project is a podcast about self-improvement, self-development, and self-empowerment. We're here for busy adults who want to learn practical tips and strategies that will enable them to cultivate a better self. And I'm pretty excited because today we're going to talk about doing the quote-unquote right things, the conventional things. Sometimes when we think we're doing the right thing regarding losing body fat, getting in great shape, losing weight, we may succumb to sort of archaic, outdated, old ideas regarding reaching those goals. And sometimes doing the quote unquote right things may not be the best thing to do as far as reaching our goals. I think we've all fallen into the trap that is social media suggestions. Everyone on social media thinks that they're an expert about how to take care of themselves and how you should take care of yourself, what it looks like to work towards a healthier lifestyle. And I think one of the difficulties is that if you see the same things being shared over and over and over, you think, oh my gosh, well, that validates it. They must be right. I must really need to be spending endless hours on the treadmill if I want that body type or if I want these health markers or whatever the case may be. But just because we're seeing it perpetuated on that social media cycle doesn't always translate to it being a right thing. So we're going to go through some of these things that we've seen on the regular, some of these stories and concepts that we've seen repeated over the years, and we're going to dissect and dismantle some of them. Yeah, if it's on the internet, if it's on Facebook, it must be true, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's how it works. Often people will come to me and they'll say something like, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm still not losing body fat or I'm not losing weight or I can't lose body fat in this particular area. You know, I'm doing all the right things. What What is going wrong here? Where are my sticking points? And this is something that I hear often. And I think a lot of people get in a headspace that if what they're doing isn't working for them, then it's just impossible and it's really discouraging and people can get sidetracked and then they, they want to quit. It's funny because sometimes my suggestion will simply be, okay, well, maybe we need to stop doing those right things and try something else, try something different. There's a lot of different ways, a lot of different methods, a lot of different eating protocols and eating styles and lifestyle habit type behavioral stuff that we can adjust to try to help us reach our goals. But I think many people assume that the right things consist of doing things like hours of grueling steady state cardio at a gym or in their home or another right thing and i say right with quotations always uh overly restrictive eating behavior so really rigid diets and really rigid and strict dieting protocols binging which is something that isn't necessarily considered a right thing but something that we have a lot of guilt and shame about well and binging behavior too it's something that we've typically found support in justifying and excusing instead of actually addressing it right and by binging i mean like after you've spent a week trying to starve yourself oh i can eat whatever I want now for a couple days or three days, and then I'll just get right back on track. I can just start restricting my food again. Another thing is people try to white knuckle through it. 
Like they try to endure pain long enough and they try to ride that mystical willpower train as long as they possibly can. But I think there's always a time cap to that and we'll talk a little bit about that. Another thing is just harmful diets in general. People will participate in potentially harmful diets, very restrictive behavior. It kind of coincides with that. You know, shame, guilt, bullying ourselves even if it's beneath the surface, if it's within our subconscious, sometimes we think we need to really be hard on ourselves to come out the other side with particular outcomes that we want. We're going to talk about all those a little bit today. Let's start with that first one, Kyle. I know this is something that was a part of your story in developing your healthy lifestyle, but you had mentioned previously in a past episode that you were in a place where you knew that you needed to make some changes, but you were just spending hours on the treadmill and you weren't seeing any change. Yes. Thank you for breaking that up. Miss Pamela. It was frustrating as hell. So when I first started working out, I was going to Gold's Gym and I was so petrified to go use any of the free weight equipment, the machines and everything that I just went upstairs. This was a two level gym. So they had all of their cardio equipment at the top. So I would walk up the stairs, I'd jump on a treadmill and I didn't want to look stupid. So the thing I knew that I wouldn't look stupid on is a treadmill. So I would walk on the treadmill. I wouldn't run. I would just hit quick start, go at a very leisurely pace for anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes. And this is all I would do. I would go for a week every day. I'd be really proud of myself. And then invariably something would come up and I'd miss a day and then I'd miss two days. And then it would be two weeks before I would go back and I would really, really beat myself up about it. I would tell myself that I was lazy, that I was a failure. I would just be really mean to myself. That would discourage me and I think that would derail my progress in going. What I didn't realize at the time is I needed to extend myself a little bit of grace. I didn't need to beat myself up if I missed a day because you don't lose momentum if you miss one day of the week. Typically, you don't need to work out every single day. But also, I think it would have been very beneficial if I had been open to it right at the beginning to asking somebody to kind of give me a quick tutorial on some of the free weight equipment, some of the machines, so that I could have started incorporating strength training. I'm sure we'll do another episode where we kind of outline steady state cardio, but essentially what happens with steady state cardio, which steady state cardio was the only activity that I had been doing at that point. Anytime we're exercising, we're imposing stress on ourselves. And steady state cardio is not a lot of stress generally in the beginning. Now you can always ramp up the resistance on a thing like an elliptical machine or a bike, but a treadmill, walking on a treadmill, your body gets used to that very quickly. We're already generally equipped, not everybody obviously. I don't wanna be insensitive or ableist in any way. I know not everybody has the capacity or ability to walk, but I was in my late 20s. I had already equipped myself with the ability to walk for a long duration. So after about a week of walking, it would have been good for me to expand on that and do some other type of stress to impose on my body so that there was an adaptation and a response. Right. And when we say stress, we mean like, you know, putting your body through something so it has an opportunity to grow. That's what it is. That's how you develop muscle. That's how you develop lean tissue is you put a small calculated amount of stress on your body so that your muscle and your body can adapt and grow and develop. That's the thing. When we're lifting weights, we're causing this really tiny amount of damage to our muscles. I know it sounds so weird and silly, but when your muscles go through that process, they then repair themselves. And as they're repairing themselves, that is how they actually develop and grow. Tiny bit of damage, but it allows them to repair 
and to grow. That's what the aches and pains after a good workout is for. Yeah, so we're doing microscopic damage and then the body then repairs itself and it's forced to respond by making those muscle fibers more dense and defined, makes your joints more durable and dense. And this is why steady state cardio, we often think that that's the thing we have to do large amounts of in order to lose body fat may not be the best idea because we're not imposing enough stress to cause our muscle fibers to be damaged so that they can then rebuild themselves and we can gain and acquire and sustain lean tissue, which is actually better for our overall health, our body and our metabolism. And so then the next one. One of the things that we commonly fall prey to is the idea that for us to develop a healthier lifestyle or level up our body goals or our fitness or nutrition goals is to overly restrict eating. I think that whether it is conscious or subconscious, we have all fallen prey to this idea that if we just suffer through it or skip this next meal or only eat a certain amount that we're going to eventually get there. We'll get to whatever that goal is. We've deemed it acceptable to punish ourselves in this way. We've deemed that that's okay, that that's somehow going to get us where we need to be. But we're completely missing the fact that this is incredibly destructive to our mental health, to our physical health. To overly restrict and deny your body food and fuel that it needs is not going to ultimately get you closer to your goal. It is going to set you up to have triggered behavior, bound Bouncing back over consumption the next time you eat. So you overly restrict and then you feel more temptation to binge. You're also less likely to choose mindfully and intentionally with what you consume. So if I'm depraving myself, which I'm going to be honest, I used to do that. I went through a season in my life many seasons in my life where I decided it was perfectly acceptable for me to go ahead and skip this meal and I'll catch up later. And maybe it'll be a good thing for me to just go ahead and and pass on this one. But ultimately, that next time I sat down to eat, I wasn't doing it with a wise mindset. I wasn't thinking super clearly because I was overly hungry. I was not in a good mental health state. And so then when I open the pantry, what do you think I'm going to choose? You think I'm going to pick my fresh fruits and veggies? You think I'm going to like pick super smart? No, I'm angry. I'm hungry. I'm worn out and tired. I want whatever sounds the most appealing and is going to be the most enjoyable for me to eat. So usually it was junk. It was junk food. Whatever's most convenient too. I wanted to get whatever was convenient and grabbed my attention. Yeah, anytime you overly restrict, there's always going to be a reaction to that. And I think the common misconception that people have is that people that maintain a healthy weight, they either have incredible metabolism, like superhuman metabolism, or that they're just okay with starving themselves. And that's a misconception because healthy people eat. They do eat. They recognize the value in fueling their life fueling their activity, fueling what it is they want to do on a day-to-day basis. They're not overly restrictive. They're actually generally pretty flexible with their food. They've developed habitual behaviors that allow them to eat maybe similar food items week to week. That doesn't mean they're eating the exact same thing every single day, but they kind of know what foods make them feel well, give them energy. From a macronutrient standpoint, they have a balanced macronutrient profile generally. So they're getting healthy fats, healthy sources of carbohydrates, lean protein, that sort of thing. Most of the time, it doesn't mean that they're not having a piece of cake or a brownie every once in a while. They are. Especially if you're an active person, you can have a piece 
piece of cake and a brownie once in a while. It's going to help fuel your activity. You know, your body's just going to turn it all into glucose and then use it. But I think a lot of people assume that people that maintain a healthy weight as adults in America, that they're just white knuckling through it constantly. And that's just not the case. Yeah. In fact, just earlier this week in a conversation that I was having with a client, she had shared this process that she's been going through as far as this stuff goes. One of the things she said is she used to have this attitude, this mindset, a relationship with her food and exercise that she feels like had been hijacked. She said, and I'm quoting her with her permission, she said, I thought there was a magic formula I just hadn't discovered yet. And that if I did, I'd just have to work really, really hard for a little while until I got there. Just trudge through the journey, punishing and abusing myself because the end goal would be worth it. But now her thinking is so much healthier. Holidays used to scare her, but not anymore because now it's about keeping things in balance. It's not deprivation. It is about consistency and not perfection. And I think that encompasses such a healthy mindset about what we're doing here and what we're talking about. We're not talking about deprivation. We're not talking about advocating for people to white knuckle it. We're saying valuing consistency is what's going to get you closer to the goal. So we're taking this idea that so many of us have been taught that the quote unquote right thing is to go ahead and deprave yourself then you'll get to that end goal. But it's not. Working towards consistently fueling your life and being thoughtful and intentional with what that looks like is what gets you closer to that end goal. So consistency over perfection. Excellent. So that covered a few of them, the overly restrictive eating, white knuckling through it, which is not the best idea. The next one that we're going to talk about is harmful or problematic diets. That kind of falls in line with restrictive eating behaviors. And that's typically what diets can be sort of conflated with. I think people forget too that when we use the term diet, we mean just what people are eating day to day or week to week. We don't necessarily use that term in that you need to go on a diet, like you need to start doing keto or low carb or any other dieting protocol. Sometimes diets are bastardized. They can seem too rigid and unrealistic or not sustainable for the long term right out of the gate. Yeah, let's take a hot topic diet protocol for a second and look at it. It is increasingly popular to talk about intuitive eating. And at the core of what intuitive eating is, it's supposed to be this relationship between your body and your food that is supposed to be navigated by your body prompting you to eat mindful and thoughtful things. Yeah, the basis of intuitive eating is knowing what your hunger cues are and when they come on, as well as knowing your satiety and fullness cues and when they come on. So just being mindful and intentional and understanding your own body and when those cues come up. Right. But one of the challenges that I've seen on social media is that people have taken that point and they've ran with it to the point where we're now elevating binge eating or excessive unhealthy fueling of your body. You can take a wonderful concept about listening to your body and listening to your body's cues and you can twist it around to serve whatever purpose. And overconsumption to the point where you're sick or you're tired or you're eating every time you're triggered by a stress, that's not healthy or helpful to you either. Yeah, I'm seeing the memes already when it comes to intuitive eating. I'm doing intuitive eating and my intuition is telling me that I want pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Which is valid sometimes. I mean, eat pizza sometimes. I think that's totally fine. So sometimes as stressed adults, our intuition can lead us astray. And sometimes our intuition is just screaming, you need to 
eat all of the sugary carbs in sight because you're tired and you didn't get enough sleep last night and you woke up a few times with the kiddos. I think it takes some practice, some thought and intention to getting back in tune to listening to our bodies because as adults, we can sort of be conditioned to not listen to our bodies. It's more like go, 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 drink more coffee. Listening to our bodies and being an intuitive about what it actually needs takes some practice. And it usually takes a bit of an overhaul, a bit of an eating overhaul, because we can get trapped in this condition cycle where we're eating fast food too often or we're eating processed junk too often. We're not necessarily listening to what our body actually needs because we've established this new normal where we're consuming processed carbohydrates for the majority of the time. And it may or may not be fueling our activity and making our bodies feel well, making our minds feel well and, and allowing us to feel alert and vibrant in our lives. Absolutely. And then it causes us to crave that same cycle. We get a bit of a dopamine hit when we eat the junk food. And so our bodies then crash and we crave more of it. It's another unhealthy cycle of not actually listening to our bodies, not listening to those cues. And then we run into the same struggle. Moving on to our next point is we've been given permission to shame and bully ourselves. Again, whether consciously or subconsciously, we've learned that we have permission to treat ourselves like garbage, that it's okay for us to push ourselves beyond what our, our mental health needs in order to reach that end goal. And that doesn't serve us in the long run. Yeah, it's almost like we justify being mean to ourselves in order to attain the goal we're after, or that's what we have to do. We have to be really brutal with ourselves in order to reach this place. But it's so funny because it's usually the opposite. Sometimes we have to give ourselves grace. Sometimes we have to allow ourselves to make mistakes on the way to learning this skill. In one of our episodes, we were talking about how it doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate, and it shouldn't be, and it won't be. There's a bit of a learning curve here. So we have to be kind to ourselves. We have to offer ourselves grace. We have to allow ourselves to do things a little imperfectly as we step towards whatever our goal is, or just to being a healthier, happier, more contented person in regards to food and physical activity. So it's counterproductive to try and starve ourselves into being smaller, aiming to burn an extra a thousand calories a day on the treadmill is an unkind way to treat our bodies. So we may have to do things a little bit differently. Things that we may think are right or the correct ways to lose weight. We may have to readjust our game plan when it comes to stuff like that. Because ultimately, when we're kind to ourselves, when we are extending grace to ourselves to allow it to actually be a process, one, we're going to be more likely to stick with it because it's more sustainable. But two, there are countless studies and examples of us getting further with positive motivation, with positive affirmation than the negative. So what do we do? Let's step back for a moment, maybe drink a glass of water, take some deep belly breaths, some diaphragmatic breathing, get ourselves in a good headspace. Let's get an extra hour or two of sleep this weekend if we can. Take care of ourselves. Let's journal. Let's get our thoughts out if we need to, or just do like a brain dump on our phone or something. Get a walk outside if you can. I know it's fall, so it's a little chilly in certain areas, but if you can get a walk outside, that's great because you've got that new audio and visual stimulus with the outdoors. Look for any opportunity to take better care of yourself. Maybe it's going to make a healthy meal for yourself and not feel rushed. Enjoy the process of doing that. Text someone, 
clue them in, let them know that this has been a heavy week and you need some extra support. Check in on your people as well. Sometimes that can add value to your life. Be kind with yourself. It's time for us to stop doing what culture has conditioned us to do. It's time to stop doing whatever happens to be trending or popular on Instagram today. We can do things differently. We can do things outside of the norm, break the mold of the expectations we've had on ourselves and do things in a way that's actually right for us, in a way that actually supports us taking good care of ourselves. Yeah, and I think that about wraps it up for today. If you guys have any additional questions about what we talked about today, or you're just needing a place to start, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us a line. You can email us at betterselfnutrition at gmail.com. If you don't already, we talk about a lot of this stuff in infographic form on Instagram. We try to give out as much value and information as we can, so use that as a free resource. We are on Instagram at betterselfnutrition. If you want to know more about what it is that Pamela and I do with our coaching, you can go to betterselfnutrition.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today in your cars, in your headphones, at the grocery store, at the gym, what have you. We'll catch you next time. Bye.